With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Everybody, welcome to Reach for the Stardom. We are on the road to the special at Budokan. So this is Go to Budokan, Corican Hall, from Valentine's Day, February 14th. Lady C starts things off saying she is ready to face Gokugan Death. Death just says death, death, Gokugan Death. I'm sure that there's a fan base for this woman. There is, but it just doesn't include me. Lady C is one of the new rookies in stardom and is currently unaffiliated. She has a similar outfit to Sasha Banks with the kind of crisscrossing top, but it's white and black with orange accents. Gokudan Death is a clown, literally. So this is my first time watching her since she stopped being Death Yamasan and started being a clown. She still has the devil horns, but now she smiles while she holds them above her head. The new Stardom logo looks great, by the way. Um, they still have the old ring skirts, though, which was thought was a little odd, but the, the ring mat itself has a new logo on it, so very nice. Death still does her normal taunt, but now she finishes off with jazz hands. Yay. Uh, she only says death and apparently is going to fight while holding up the devil horns the entire time. She goes to each side of the ring, so nothing has changed except her name and her outfit. Lady C shows that she is a solid foot taller than Death by trying to do a test of strength. Clown Tits lays down next to Lady C, jealous, and hits her with an arm drag. Lady C slaps on a Boston Crab, then switches to a single leg crab, which is still something I don't understand why they constantly do in stardom. But it always starts with the crab and then switches to the single leg, because you think that doing both legs would hurt more, right? Death is able to get to the ropes. My question is, is Hameka still the Jumble Print Jumble Princess? Because Lady C seems fucking tall, son. Kick to the clown tits, and a big boot finally shuts Death up. Haluba kick is reversed, and Death gets her shit in with her taunt interruption spot. Lady C goes for a choke slam, but Death fights out of it and rolls her up for a near fall. Another big boot for Lady C leads to a two. Now, I honestly don't know what her finisher is, but I think it's the choke slam because she goes for it again. Uh, but this time, just like the last time, she gets rolled up. Only this time it's for three. Oh, good. So glad I got to watch Clown Fart get a win. Yippee. Our next match, Raka, who I have yet to see work, says she wants to win her singles match against Momo tonight. 
Good fucking luck, lady. Momo says it's Valentine's Day, and she has a match with Raka. That's just factual. I don't know that that, that was a good promo, but hey. Uh, she says that Raka has gotten very big lately. Now, I believe she means swole and not fat, but Raka has put on some weight. That uh, That is clear. Um, but I, I'm just going to put it down to, you know, that she's she's cultivating mass, let's call it. Raka has chiptune music, and I hate it. It doesn't really go with her overall appearance. Queen's Quest Heavy, Momo Watanabe, comes out next. Raka keeps her sweatshirt on during intros, which is weird. Uh, but Momo has upped her gear. One of the things that I noticed... Now, Lady C doesn't have an incredibly detailed outfit, but it she does have like more than just your like tank top and, and pants. So... I don't know if it's because they're paying their people more, but a lot of these women have new gear, and it's a lot more in-depth. So Momo Watanabe, who has always kind of had more just plain white and blue outfit, actually had, like, fucking patterns and, and like uh, on, on her gear, and, and it looked good. I mean, it they looked like they were more professional because they weren't just you know, coming out there and kind of like stuff you could buy at Target. Raka has a black skirt on and orange and black plaid sports bra with a hood attached to it. I, I kind of dig the attached hood look. I know I know Mayu was rocking it before. She doesn't have it tonight, but um, I also kind of worry whenever they have the attached hood to the, to the top because I feel like that's just asking for it to get caught on something. Uh, but, Raka, but Raka does have a, an interesting look. Like, sure, she has some thickness to her, um, but she does look imposing. Um, she still has a, a bit of a, a natural sort of soft face to her. Um, so I, I don't know that she'd be really able to be, like, incredibly intimidating, but she definitely, you know, has the look of somebody that could be heavy. Again, not a fat joke. Uh, they start off with some chain work before squaring off. Rocco moves a lot slower than I hoped that she would. Um, you know, in in a company that you get uh, Natsuko Tora, who continues to kind of like fly all over the place, just seeing kind of Rocco slowly work a lot, her her stuff in, was a little depressing, but hopefully, you know, she's able to get some more quickness back. Momo is very quick. And she seems to have to like slow down in order to not expose Raka, which is is kind of surprising because most of what I've seen of Momo, she doesn't seem like the kind of person that's willing to kind of give a lot to her opponents. But here she she definitely is trying to make Raka look good. Momo hits a beauty of a drop kick in the corner and then hits another one for just a one count. She lays some shim, some shin strikes into Raka and then just kicks her face off. Raka hits a flying elbow for two, a backbreaker by Raka, and she falls during it, but it, it still looked okay. Like, it, it, it almost looked like she put so much force into it that it brought them both down, not that it was just like a straight-up botch. She puts Momo in a crossface, um, but then Raka just releases it. Now, I don't want Momo to power out of it, because that kind of ruins the narrative of Raka being stronger, but she could have had her, like, roll through on it 
uh, or or get to their ropes. Instead, you just had Rucka slamming her face into the mat, which like breaks the hold that she had applied very well. Momo hit some kicks, then rock bottoms Rucka. That was weird. So Rucka has this odd black belt tied around her stomach and is doing her no favors because it like she's got shorts and then she's got like a little spot of skin. Then she's got this weird belt sash thing and then she's got a spot of skin and then she's got her top. It's just it's not good. Like use lose that and you'll probably look ten times better. She hits a flat liner for two. Raka has a little trouble picking Momo up for a fisherman's but is able to get it over and hang on for the two. Momo kick, hits a kick to the head, but Raka kicks out at two. I just noticed that Raka has pink roots, but blonde hair. That's not really the way I'm used to seeing that. I'm used to seeing it the other way around. So, it was like she dyed her hair pink, and then dyed it blonde. Because obviously pink is not her natural hair color. Uh, Momo puts her in a sleeper, and Raka taps. I kind of went back and forth in this one. Uh, Raka at times was a step behind, and Momo was giving her a lot here. Uh, she was trying to make her look good. Uh, and, you know, Raka's just working on coming into her own as a performer, and she showed some flashes. They should probably have her work behind the scenes with Natsuko, because they have similar body types, and Natsuko knows how to work and make herself look good. Um, and then the ending just kind of came out of nowhere, which, I don't know, it's weird. Donna Del Mundo members Siri and Dubi Natsupoi are here. So, this is our third match since coming back, and all three have had a, a new face to the podcast. So, I'm happy with that. Uh, we are missing Mina Shirakawa because she did break her nose, and she's been out for the past couple of weeks, but she will be back soon. Um, and she is a member of the Cosmic Angels, who are the trio's champions. Natsupoi is rocking some amazing cleavage here, and she calls Siri her big sis, and she says, I'm losing my voice, which she is. She's just very... She's, I don't know if she's just getting too excited during matches or what, but yeah, she's having some issues. She says that they are the sister team of Donna Delmundo, and they will fight with all their strength. So they're not actually sisters, but they are both from Kanagawa, which I assume is the reason why they are calling themselves the sister unit of Donna Delmundo. They are facing Oratai members Saki Kashima and Natsuko Toro. They don't even bother trying to get a promo out of these two because they wouldn't have given to anyways. Siri has on her SWA title around her waist and Natsupoi twirls a baton. Poi has a short kind of bob cut and she does the like Dana Book, Dana Brook flip during her entrance. Um, she's rocking some white shorts and a white top with silver accents and black cross strings across her tits. She starts things off with Saki. The two do some grappling before Natsupoi hits some arm drags. Tori gets involved from behind and drops her with a senton, which allows Saki to pin her for two. Kashima scoop slams her and pins her with just a knee for a two count. Tori tags in and they trade elbow shots, and then Tori drops Nusupoi, Natsupoi, then takes Otsiri. Saki was going to do something, but then stopped so Tori could kick Natsupoi's face into the third row. Uh, Poi attempts a uh, crucifix, but then rolls through and makes Tora miss on a bonsai drop. Siri takes in and lays some kicks into Tora before Kashima interferes. They both eat kicks from Siri as she starts to power up Dragon Ball Z style. Again, Siri is a screamer. She hits a top rope Feymaster for two. Did they get a new trainer? Because there's a lot of new moves that have been 
being used by the women, and I am all for it. Suri attempts an armbar and then turns it into a disarmor. Uh, Tora gets to the ropes and Suri screams. Tora takes out and Suri catches Saki with a kick. I just noticed that Suri no longer is wearing shorts. She now has on little tights with a skirt around it, meaning that when she kicks, her ass peeks out a little. Excuse me for a second. Atsupoi takes in and they, she hits a shitty looking kick and then a bridging suplex for two. Saki jumps off the top rope and arm drags her and then rakes the eyes before she ducks out of the way so Tora can splash her. Saki hits a bridging suplex for two as Tora takes out Siri. Saki tells Tora to go to the top and she hits a frog splash. Saki hits a double stomp from the top, but the wind gets broken up by Siri. Double underhook face buster and that's still a near fall. Saki attempts an unprettier, but Natsupoi reverses and she and Suri hit stereo kicks in the corner. Natsupoi rolls up Saki, but she barely covers her. She hits a bridging German that is broken up by Toro. Natsupoi almost eats shit off the top rope, but manages to miss a twisting splash. Suri hits Saki and Natsupoi rolls her up, uh, but then Toro breaks it up. Saki rolls up Natsupoi with a crucifix and she gets the win. Very good match. As long as you go into stardom tag matches knowing that the rules allow for unlimited pin breakups, it won't get you down too much. Not sure that I agree with the match result, as Natsupoi is just starting off in stardom, but, you know, what are you going to do? You risk dropping Oedo Tide too far down the card if you just have them lose all the time, so gotta have them get a win. And, you know, they it wasn't crystal clear on the win. Uh, Natsupoi has a lot of potential. She's got a very good look. Um, she definitely looks the part of somebody who could be a good underdog for them. Up next, Yunagi Sayaka's trial period, match three. So, if that sounds odd to you. So the Cosmic Angels, like I said, are Tam Nakano, uh, Mina Shirakawa, and Yunagi Sayaka's. And with Mina out... They can't do any of the trio, the trio matches. They can't defend their title. Um, so, Yunagi is just going to do seven singles matches as a trial period to be a singles wrestler. This is match three. She has already lost the first two. I don't know what happens if she wins one of these, because I, I haven't really been able to find what I was looking for on this, but hey, we'll see. Um, Yunagi, by the way, has one of the best hit windows I've seen since Power Girl. So, uh, if you go to runonwrestling.com, you can go ahead and check that out. Or, just, you know, Google her. I mean, I was definitely doing it. Uh, Mayu Iwatani says she's not interested in this thing, so she wants it to end quickly. Some dude whips out his camera phone in the stands before Unagi makes their entrance, and I do not blame him. Unagi, who is one-third of the artist champions, has yellow shorts on with black trim, she has a yellow and black tit window top, and huge tit. Uh, Mayu Iwatani tries to open a streamer, but it doesn't work, so she just chucks it into the crowd. Unagi kicks her from behind before the bell. Mayu whiffs on a kick to the head, but Unagi sells it. She drops a heel on her back, and then across, and then arches her back through the ropes. Thank you, Mayu. Mayu puts Unagi in an arm ringer, and then removes her elbow pad and puts her back into it, but Unagi gets to the ropes. Mayu just then kicks her in the back and then starts faint kicking her. It was very heel-like for someone who's the leader of stars. 
Yunagi gets sent to the outside, and Mina checks on her. I need Mina back on the show. I also need her not to be wearing a sweatshirt on the ringside. I know it's, you're trying to sell the merchandise, but come on. Let her show the merchandise. Yunagi almost gets counted out, but gets back in before they get to the 20 count. Mayu front flips Yunagi and kicks her in the spine. Mayu seems really uninterested in this match. She's just, like, kicking her all over, but not really, like, full-on kicking her. She's, like, at one point, she's, like, Orange Cassidy kicking her. It's, I don't know. It, it, something was off with the two of them. Mayu locks in an armbar and Yunagi screams like she's Siri, but gets to the ropes. Yunagi back outside, and she hulks up before getting back in. I don't think she's gotten much of any offense so far. Mayu gets reversed and body slammed, and Yunagi drops a heel onto her for two. Yunagi tries for a torture rack, but Mayu rolls through and kicks her. She then kicks her amazing tits right off. Yunagi gets into position and eats a drop kick right to the corner. Yunagi then gets hung up on the ropes and drop kicks her right in the butthole. Mayu goes up top and hits a double stomp, but pins her lazily, so Yunagi kicks out. She's still treated as a face, like they're still cheering for everything she does, but man, is this a very fucking heavy-handed heel style to work. Yunagi goes up top and misses on a terrible frog splash attempt. Uh, they trade punches, and Mayu drops her with a right. Mayu then just starts no-selling Yunagi's punches. I feel like there's some real heat between these two, and I don't understand it, and I don't know the story behind it. Mayu tries to tombstone her, but Yunagi fights out and goes for a widow's peak, but Mayu breaks free. She then tombstones Yunagi and pins her with one hand before picking her back up again, and then hitting a dragon suplex for a bridging three count. That was some cold-blooded stiff work in there. I feel like something's going on that I'm not privy to, but I also feel like the, they're potentially setting up that Mayu is turning heel because you don't typically see faces stopping the sure three count to hit another move. That's all I'm saying. It was an interesting match, though. I will say that. It was not one of Mayu's finer matches because she just didn't seem interested. Sayida and Starlight Kid are here to take on high-speed champion Azumi and coming over from Marvelous, another promotion of women's only wrestling over in Japan, Mi Hashizuki. This is another talent borrowed from Marvelous, thanks to the women's companies teaming up to weather the storm of COVID. Uh, everyone right now is talking about the fact that AEW has teamed up with you know, New Japan and with uh, with Impact. Well, all of the, not all of them, most of the women's only uh, promotions over in Japan have all teamed up now. And we've been seeing a lot of talent sharing, which is great. Um, because, yeah, it, it's just, it's it's a nice way because if, if Hashizuki has a good match here, then maybe you're like, oh, I'd like to see what Marvelous has to offer. What are they doing over there? Or Sentai Girls, what they, because she's, she's the champion over there. I'd like to see what they've got to offer because I like this girl. Starlet says that Saya has the speed and the power, and they are undefeated as a team. Saya has a much better top on than before. Um, it's it's got a better design to it, better colors. Also, great definition on her arms. Like she looks the part of the powerhouse. She's always been a a more muscular woman. Now she's like she's definitely been working working on it. Hashizuki has a colorful top with puzzle pieces on it. Uh, she also got some Ultimate Warrior armbands on as well, and she has Moonstar written across her cooter. I looked back at some of her earlier picks, and also the pick that's on the website here that they use, and 
let me tell you, this is an improvement because she's in like a singlet with puzzle pieces all over it in most of her pictures, and this is like, I don't know why she's got a completely different outfit on, but uh, I mean, it looks good here. Suzuki is a Sendai Girls Junior Champion and has the belt with her. Uh, she also got her own Queen's Quest mask as well, which is cool. The future of stardom champ Saida, Sendai Girls Junior Champ Mia, High Speed Champion Izumi, and Starlight Kid. They all shake hands before the match, and we are underway with Hashizuki and Kid starting. Hashizuki misses Dropkick, and holy shit, these two just fucking go. Like, that bell rang, and it was like somebody hit fast forward. Kid downs her with a dropkick that blasts her face off of the turnbuckle, and tags in Kid. Oh, no, sorry. Tags in <laughs> Ida. Uh, Ida and Hasuzuki get some shine in the match before tagging in Azumi. Azumi picks up Saya like she was going to turn her over for a crab, but Mei gets in and starts running the ropes back and forth, stepping on Saya each time. Azumi tags out, and Hashizuki chokes Saya with a boot. Mia hits another beauty of a dropkick before eating some punches from Ida. They both they, they seem to mess up a spot, but recovered well and just kind of turned it into a hip kick, so it didn't it didn't look that bad. Ida takes her down with a bulldog and takes in Kid. Kid wraps Mia's legs around her own leg, turns her over, and grabs both arms back in a unique submission that I have not seen before. But Azumi breaks it up. Kid takes them both down and hits a standing moonsault on both of them. Azumi hits a missile dropkick on Kid, then they trade punches. Kid gets Azumi with a bridging suplex for two and takes in Ida. Ida slaps the bondage gear off Azumi, and Azumi tries for an octopus, but Ida stops her and body slams her. They hit a modified heart attack on Mia, but Mia breaks it up. Ida drops Azumi into orbit, and... Hashizuki arrives to allow Azumi to hit a double stomp from the top for two. Saya almost loses a titty and gets a double drop kicked for two. Azumi gets an arm ringer in, but Kid breaks it up. Saya blocks a suplex and rolls up Azumi, but is reversed into a two. They keep reversing and rolling each other up for two counts before Azumi gets got and almost suplexed over, only for her to reverse and roll up Saya with the Azumi Sushi for three. Just a frantic match. Didn't have any lows in action. All four women are very talented. Moonstar Mia didn't get as much time to shine as I thought she would, but it's just a damn fine match. I can't say anything bad about it. Saya Kamatani says she is gunning for Utami. Haya Shishita. A win today could propel her into a match for the World Stardom Championship. Tam Nakano is ready to is already set to take on Julia in a hair versus hair match for the Wonder of Stardom Championship. I can't really see either women woman being bald, but we'll see. It's two weeks away, so it'll be very interesting to say the least. Julia says she defended her belt yesterday against Starlight Kid, and she's going to hit Tam hard on her way to defending the belt again. Utami says this is a red belt showcase, and those other two are just in the way. This one's going to be a little crazy. It's a fatal four-way. Tam and Julia go after each other as Utami and Saya score off. This is just one of those things that happens in Japan, where two team members will face each other and will be so brutal to each other, but after the match, we'll just be right back into a team with each other. Utami gets sent outside by Julia, and she and Saya are alone. Saya backflips and hits a dropkick, 
Julia goes up top and she blasts her with a missile dropkick for two. Tam returns and hits a fucking RKO on Saya, uh, then drops a knee onto Saya's creamy ass. Utami punches Julia but gets reversed and spiked with a DDT. Utami deadlifts Julia so Tam kicks Utami in the face, dropping them both. Tam kicks Saya and then double reverse DDTs her and Utami. Saya and Utami spread Tam's legs. Hot. Then they go for stereo dropkicks, but Utami hits first, which then ping-pongs Tam into Saya as she approaches. I look, it could hurt. Utami can't finish on a razor's edge, and Saya superkicks her. Tam and Julia fight on the outside as Utami clotheslines Saya. She hits a package backbreaker and then turns her attention to Julia and Tam. They both kick her down and get her out of the ring so Tam and Julia can go at it. Julia gets her into an octopus stretch, but Tam is able to get to the ropes. Julia hits a pump kick, but gets caught in a guillotine and then dropped outside. Tam goes up on top and cross-bodies all three women, uh, but she sort of missed Saya, so she's able to sneak out, and then she moonsaults onto everyone from the apron. Utami gets thrown back inside, and Saya hits a standing moonsault for two. She then levels the red champ with an overhead kick, but then gets caught in a sleeper. Julie and Tam are still outside, fighting. Saya gets a spinning heel kick and sends Utami to the mat. Tam then remembers that this is a, uh, that there is a match going on and breaks up a pin attempt. She kicks everyone down and then drops in, in exhaustion. The ref begins to count as everyone is down. Tam and Julia get up first. Julia tells Tam to slap her, but Tam just kind of stares at her, so she has to tell her again, slap me. They rain slaps on each other. Julia just then slaps the shit out of her, and when she tries to go off the ropes, Tam catches her and germans her. Julia rocks Tam with a pump handle suplex, but only gets a two. Kamatani goes up top, but Julia catches her. She goes for a suplex, but Tam goes under her and powerbombs her, suplexing Saya in the process. Kamatani gets a Hurricane Rana out of nowhere and pins Utami for three. It's a very quick finish, which of course sets up Kamatani versus Utami. Uh, the match felt like there was two matches going on at the same time. Because you had Tam and Julia constantly fighting, and then you had Utami and Saya fighting all the time. And they like would only interact with each other every once in a while. But otherwise, it was those two groupings just fighting in depth. But, I mean, it was, it was a good match. It just it didn't feel like all four had the same agenda. Tam and Julia brawled a, a bit before getting pulled apart. Saya grabs the mic and says she pinned the champ. And on March 3rd, she gets her title shot at Budokan. Tommy grabs a mic and says she will repay Kabatani 100 times that at Budokan. She tells her to be prepared. They shake hands, but they do kind of pull apart violently. Julia says we are two weeks away from Tam becoming bald. There is... <laughs> I mean, there's an image for the Spank Bank. Julia will make this one of the most historic matches in the history of Joshi Purarisu. Tam has nothing to say. She's ready, she's confident, which means that she did have something to say. She won't lose to Julia. And Julia says, this is who I want to fight. And that takes us to the main event. Hamika and Micah are here to take the belts from Oeratai. Kunami and Micah start things off with some ground and pound. They provide the ground, they provide the ground moves while I pound my dick. Konami kicks Micah in the spine, and after Hamika arrives, 
Bree Priestley takes her out, and both Donna Del Mundo members get drop kicked out of the ring. Asuko, who is at ringside, attacks Samika, and B runs over to help as Konami chokes out Micah. I don't know why they're allowing Tora to get involved. I guess maybe because it's a title match? Maybe? Kamika wakes up as Siri tries to get Micah back in. She gets back in, and Konami just starts wailing on her with kicks. B takes in and starts working on the arm. Someone yells, oh shit, as Micah goes, gets to the ropes. Don't know who that was. Konami takes in, and all hell starts breaking loose. Konami gets Micah in an arm breaker, but she gets to the ropes. Konami and B work over Hamika after she tags in, but Hamika is able to squat, splash both of them in the corner. She attempts to put them both on the top rope, but B falls down, so she places them both back up there again, and then double torture racks them. Hamika hits a towering high knee to Konami, and tags in Micah. Micah unleashes some judo magic, and kicks Konami's face off. B stops Hamika, and Konami dives into a dragon sleeper on Micah. Konami goes up top, but is stopped by Micah. They brawl on the top ropes, and Micah superplexes her down. Konami locks in a crossface as B takes out Hamika again. Micah gets a foot on the, on the rope to break the hold, and Micah and Konami trade punches, and Konami gets leveled by a Hamika clothesline. Micah hits one of her own, but then gets hit by an Enziguri. B and Hamika both take in. They trade punches, and Hamika, Hamika gets hit with a high knee, then hits B with a body check, and puts her in a single crab. And because this is Japan, I was surprised it didn't start with the Boston Crab. B spends a considerable amount of time showing off her tits while reaching for the ropes, but finally gets there. Speaking of ropes, <sighs> Konami and B both hit jump, jumping kicks to Himika. Konami then grabs a chair, but Micah stops her. She nails B with it, and they chuck Konami to the outside onto Oedatai. Hamika and Mika hit dual clotheslines, but they still can't put B away. B and Hamika trade blows, and B gets the advantage. Hamika just drops her with a clothesline, so Mika has to come in and judo through B. Mika goes up on Mika's shoulders and sentons onto B, who gets her foot on the ropes before the three. Hamika gets her up on a torture rack and gets the sit-up bomb for two. Hamika then puts B on the turnbuckles and walks out and hits a monster powerbomb, but Konami pulls the ref out before the three. Natsu and Tora rush in and take out Hamika. Natsu, by the way, is wearing a baggy sweatshirt and sweatpants. The fuck, dude? I have one thing to look forward to. Hamika gets dropped by a top rope leg drop, but Micah saves the match. B with a straight kick, but Hamika kicks out at two. Short-armed knee means Micah has to yet again save the match. B bridges through on a German suplex, but can't get the win. She pulls down the knee pad and goes for a short-armed knee, but Himika rolls her up and gets a surprise three. We have new Goddess of Stardom champions, Himika and Micah. After the bell, everyone just brawls in the match. Uh, Julie and Siri check on Himika and protect her from Oedotai. Rossi arrives to present the belts and the trophy to Donna Del Mundo. I don't know about winning by a small package. But they are going to be going into Nippon and Budokan as the tag champions. And I don't know if it's just going to do a rematch at the show or if they're going to, or, or what they're going to do. So let's keep watching what happens after the match to find out. This match is pretty good. 
I get putting it on last because you have the title change, but I, I didn't feel like it was the best match on the card. Tora arrives back. She says the way Hamika came to stardom was half-assed. She says reshaping your body with Dina Demunda was half-assed too. Tora says that Hamika and Natsupoi lost, and she walked away from Natsupoi. But if Saki lost, Tora wouldn't be embarrassed. Tora and Saki Kashima challenge the new champs at Budokan. She drops the bike, but then she walks over, picks it up, and says, Sorry, I, I forgot I had something else to say. And apparently B-Chan has something to say. B says Daichi sucks as a ref. She says they are cowardly champions. Dude, they just won the championships fucking two seconds ago. B says the only person that sucks more is Momo. That's interesting. And Amika grabs the mic and says she doesn't need to hear about body modification from Tora, which I think is a fat joke. And they accept the challenge. Donna Del Mundo then stands tall as the show ends. So it seems like they're setting up B versus Momo with her promo. And I guess that was why they took the belt off of her, because she's going to be solo. And then, of course, we've got Tora and Saki going against our new tag champions in uh, on, on March 2nd. So, uh, all in all, good show. I uh, really enjoyed this one. I was glad to be back and watch this again. Uh, and I am happy that you are back being able to listen to me talk about some amazing Japanese women's wrestling. I will be back again with the next show. We are actually caught up. Uh, there hasn't been another Stardom show uh, at all the last couple of days, and uh, I don't. I think the next one is going to be tonight, possibly. So uh, look for that next week as uh, we head on the road to Budokan. And with that, bye-bye. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome, everybody, to a brand new era of the Rundown Wrestling Network. Now, before we get into a short little recap of stardom, I wanted to discuss what is going to be occurring in the coming weeks here on the Rundown Wrestling Network. So, after years and years of being on the same platform, we finally decided that uh, we felt they were somewhat holding us back. So we are going to be moving to a brand new platform. So what does that mean for you? Absolutely nothing that you have to do at all. Simply means is that you might see a couple of episodes that you've already listened to get downloaded at when the initial switch goes on. That's fine. Just delete them. Move along your way. Moving forward, though, that's where the change is going to happen. See, we are most likely going to uh, start having some advertisements on our podcast network. Um, most of our shows will have some form of advertisement, even either at the beginning of the show or, or in the middle of the show, depending on, on the length of the episode. Now, these are not going to be very long. 
uh, and they're not really going to take away from uh, any of the uh, of these shows that we are already doing, uh, and and the quality of the shows that we're doing. Uh, we do have an option for you if you do so choose. We do have a Patreon. Uh, now, this is not meant to try to drive people into the Patreon. This is simply meant to try to keep us not only motivated to give you the best possible episodes that we can, but also to to keep our overhead costs down. Uh, because we want to keep doing this. We want to keep providing you with uh, the content that you love, which is why you're here. Uh, so if you want to go to patreon.com slash rundownwrestling, you are welcome to... Uh, you will have ad-free episodes there. Uh, but if not, just keep it locked right here because you will be right you will be moved right over with everybody else uh, to the new feed. Now, there's nothing you have to do, you don't have to search or anything like that. It's a simple redirect. So there will be no interruption in you in your podcasting deliveries. The other thing too is that we are going to be having uh, some extra content over on Patreon. Uh, some patron-only episodes, just the special uh, different shows that we do. Uh, not uh, any of the shows that you currently listen to on our feed are still going to be there, 100% free right to you. But if you do decide that you want to smoothie on over to uh, Patreon, we're there for you. And we're going to have a ton of content for you. Uh, we, we are going to have uh, a couple of, of new shows. We're going to have a couple of continuing shows that have sort of uh, just kind of got pushed to the wayside on things it's a new year it's 2021 we are reinvigorated uh and ready to provide you with the content that you know and love so again nothing you have to do if you're already subscribed to the run on wrestling network perfect you will continue to be and you will continue to get episodes even when we move into our new platform there is nothing that is going to be uh moved behind a payroll for you. The only thing is that you can choose not to listen to the advertisements just by paying us a little bit of money. Which again, that is open to all of our $1 a month people. So if you want to go over there and pay a dollar and not listen to 30 second ads, awesome. If not, hey, we're here right here with you. So, but like I said, there is a lot of content that's going to be uh, over there as well. In addition to the great shows you already get. And with that, I think it's time that we get right in to the newest episode of Reach for the Stardom. And with that, we cue the music. So, it has been a, a little bit. Now, this is not going to be a normal episode. This is strictly going to be uh, discussing what we missed from the last episode until uh, the next episode that we'll be getting. Uh, hopefully next week depends on the uploads from stardom-world.com. Because we just had the 10th anniversary show. And that is where we're going to pick up Reach from the Stardom as soon as that one drops in, in completion. 
but we've had a little bit of uh, of changing of the guard in stardom, and we've had some new faces as well. So, what has happened since we were on break? Well, Hamika and uh, Utami Hayashishita were in the finals of the five-star GP. Now, of course, that was what we were covering before uh, I had to take a little hiatus from there. Uh, Otamo Hayashishiti, of course, was the uh, future of Stardom champion, but she had dropped the title in order to focus on being in the present instead of being in the future. So, uh, Hamika and Utami put on a great match, and ultimately, Utami won. She became the five-star GP champion. So, that set her up for a future championship match against Mayu Iwatani. B. Priestley returned not only to stardom, but also to Oedo Tai. Uh, Itsuki Hoshino was supposed to have a retirement match, but sadly she couldn't get cleared and had to resign from stardom and retire for good. Now, she has not shown up at all uh, on any of our episodes, and sadly she will continue not to show up for any of our episodes. Uh, if you do want to go ahead and take a look back at some of her matches, she has been a very, very good worker. Now, some of the new people that we've seen come over here uh, from Ice Ribbon, Mina Shirakawa. Now, Mina Shirakawa is, <laughs> well, let's just say uh, she prides herself on her ample chest. She is a large-chested beauty. And, uh, yeah, she has been the uh, H-Cup star over in Ice Ribbon, but now she will be the H-Cup star in Stardom. Yuna Menace has also joined Stardom from TJPW and DDT. Uh, Natsupoi joins not only Stardom, but Donna Del Mondo uh, from TJPW as well. So uh, that team... Uh, expanding out from more than it uh, it was before. Of course, started off as a three-woman team, then got Himika, and now Natsupai. And I'll work on that pronunciation as we go along here. I'm it's terrible already. Jamie Heider has not returned to stardom, uh, so her title was stripped from her. The new SWA champion became B. Priestley, uh, who beat Momo for the Vika title. Now, obviously, that championship is is exclusively for people who... Um, are not from the same country. So, uh, being as the fact that they had B and, and Momo that lined up there, but now B can only face people that are not from England. Tokyo Cyber Squad and Oedatai had a losing faction, faction disbands match, which is something I've never really heard of before, but that's that's it's kind of a cool way to do it. Um, Oedatai wound up winning. So, Hannah Kimura's former team, Tokyo Cyber Squad, has broken up. They are no more. And because of that, uh, their team members were sort of thrown to the wind. The big breakup star, of course, from the team, Kunami, uh, actually joined Oedatai and turned heel. Um, of course, Jungle Kiona is still injured. But her, Death Yamasan, Uraka, and Rina all were absorbed into Stars. So Stars is now a 10 woman team, which seems crazy. And 
I don't know why they're not splitting up. And the other reason why they're a 10-woman team is because Mina Shirakawa and Unagi Sayaka, another new member to the group, also joined up there. So, that brings us now to Jungle Kiona, who did in fact suffer an ACL injury and a dislocated shoulder and torn ligaments. So she's going to be out for the foreseeable future, which is obviously a, a huge bummer, but she's been working injured for a while, still been able to do a lot of things, um, and possibly taking some time off, which she didn't really seem to get the chance to after Hannah's death, uh, might do her some good as well. So hopefully we see her back sometime soon, but with that, that many injuries, all occurring, we probably won't see her back for about a year. Death Yamasan renamed herself Gokigen Death, and she is now a clown. I am not making that up. She's a clown. She's dressed as a clown. We had a tournament to decide the number one contenders for the tag belts, and everybody had to pair off. So these were the teams that we had and the team names. Dream H, which was Tam Nakano and Mina Shirakawa. The dream part being that Tam is so dreamy, and the H part being is that Mina has gigantic titties. Momoaz was Momo Watanabe and Azumi. Grab the top was Shuri and Hamika. Black Widows was Kunami and B Priestley. Color Me Pop was Riho and Gokugen Death. MK Sisters was Mayu Iwatani and Starlight Kid. Wing Gori was Saya Iida and Hanan. Aphrodite E was Utami Hayashita and Saya Kamatani. Crazy Bloom was Julia and Micah. Devil Duo was Natsuko Tora and Shaki and Saki Kashima. The winners of the tournament was Momoa's, which was Momo and Azumi. So they get to face off against the current tag champs, Utami and Saya Kamatani. Oedatai members, B. Priestley, Natsuko Tora, and Saki Kashima beat Donna Del Mondo to win the Artist of Stardom Championships. Saya Kamatani and Utami Hayashishita retained their Goddesses of Stardom Championships against Azumi and Momo. Maika successfully defended the Future of Stardom title against Saya Ida. Azumi destroyed Gokugan Death to retain the high-speed title, and Julia beat Konami to retain the Wonder of Stardom Championship. Suri was then a surprise winner of the SWA Undisputed World Women's title over B Priestley, meaning that only B and any other woman outside of Japan can challenge for the title. But the problem is, is that B is the only one who's from outside of Japan. Oedatai defended their newly won titles a few days later against the Cosmic Angels, which is Mina Shirakawa, Unagi Sayaka, and Tam Nakano. They shockingly won the titles. It was the first title wins for Mina and Unagi, and uh, the second for Tam. The biggest shocker was Utaya Hamashishita continuing the streak of Future of Stardom champs going on to win the World of Stardom Championship. Mayu and her put on a clinic, but we have a new face of the company now. Saya and Utami then lost the tag belts to Konami and B. Priestley. Sayaida defeated Micah and Kamatani to become the new Future of Stardom champion, and then Rioho was released for her contract due to stardom, wanting to have everyone sign her, um, 
new, higher-paying, exclusive contracts, and she did not want to leave AEW. And so she... and, and Well, she either didn't want to leave AEW or AEW didn't want to grant her her release. Either way, she is now a free agent in Japan. And, yeah. So, the way things shake down now are Utami Hayashishita is your world champion. Julia continues to be your wonder champion. So, uh, Suri Kondo is the SWA champion. B and Konami are the goddesses champions. Sayaida is the future of stardom champion. Cosmic Angels are the artist champion. And Azumi is the high speed champion. So, we of course, as I said, will be having a new episode uh, once the 10 year anniversary show drops. And once that does, I'll be here to take you step by step through everything. But that'll bring us to the end here. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for understanding uh, some of the changes that are about to, to happen. And hopefully you are excited for the future as I am. So with that, bye-bye.